Aaron West. Welcome back to the Cardboard Herald. We're talking on the precipice of the Catacombs Monster Pit Kickstarter. You have got to be excited, man. This represents a lot. This is what, the 10th anniversary of Catacombs that's happening now? Yeah, that's right. Yep, 10 years that uh, I've been publishing board games. So, yeah, it's a... Uh... It's an event. Ten years on this unexpected journey. Like, what was your life trajectory beforehand, before you got together with your friends, you came out with this surprise hit beast, this dexterity dungeon delve catacombs? I mean, I gotta imagine in some ways it kind of took your life in a different direction than you may have expected. Oh yeah, it sure did. I mean, I was doing software development, and uh, we still treat a lot of our development process you know, being having techniques being influenced by that background. But uh, yeah, eventually the the board game and the various Kickstarter campaigns crowded out that part of my life. You got all these Catacombs games coming out. You've just released Catacombs Cubes, which was still within the same universe, but quite the divergence, kind of opening up the, the dimension of what Catacombs represents and kind of the possibility space going forward. But we're here to talk about Monster Pit. So what is this game? This is like a standalone game. It's got two different modes and it's also compatible with Catacombs third edition proper. So why don't you give me kind of the, the like overview pitch of what this is? So in Monster Pit, you're defending a town, first of all. Okay. And that's a fully cooperative game and you can play that solo. And then you flip a playmat over the Kickstarter version includes a playmat, and then you go underground into the monster pit itself to uh, continue the confrontation with that catacomb lord and hopefully emerge victorious. First off, I love the concept of like bisecting a game and having two halves, and they can be played independently, right? Like if you wanted to, you could just have an evening where you're playing the dice game and then an evening where you're playing the the 1v all monster pit arena whatever madness that is. Yeah, that's right. You could do that. I mean, the games are probably compact enough that you could play them as intended, you know, from one half uh to the other i mean really the the town defense game if you want to call it that um it really mirrors the um the, the part in catacombs 3 where you're track trekking through the various rooms to ultimately le reach the catacomb lord's lair and then the uh, the dexterity mode on the other side of the playmat is a full-on um competitive experience um, we're using our dexterity game system of course and some of the mechanics that we're introducing there are different from uh, 3E, but the heroes that you're playing as are fully compatible. And are there persistent elements that carry over from one side to another? Like, I'm thinking of uh, actually one of my favorite games that doesn't get enough love is Hunt for the Ring, which was a uh, hidden movement game that's kind of like a spin-off of War of the Ring. But it was one of the first games I had played where it kind of bisects into these two different modes. There's familiarity between them, but the, the kind of cool element is the outcome of the initial mode will affect the standing of both sides when you go into the second mode. So is there some of that here? Is it just, you know, if the heroes lose, then you start all over again? Or no matter what, is there going to be continuity and it just kind of affects some of the statuses or maybe certain metrics as you proceed into the second mode? 
Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously, people are free to role play a bit as to how they want um, it to proceed. But th there will be rules that are, that affect the continuity uh, between the, uh, the, the the two modes. You know, like you said, like you know, affecting some of the stats and things like that. And certainly, there is continuity with respect to the catacomb lord that first initially menaced the town. You're going to be fighting that same catacomb lord again, but of course, this time instead of it being on your turf or the town. It's on his turf underground. So as far as dexterity games go at this point, you have going parallel Catacombs Third Edition. You have Catacombs and Castles. You have Catacombs Conquest, the real small box game that's driven by a, a card-based system. And at this point, you are now introducing yet another Catacombs dexterity game that's being played independently of third edition, the, the core thing. And while these have ways of integrating with that kind of core master set, these really are independent and parallel games. Do you ever worry about brand confusion as you're coming out with yet another Catacombs release? Well, I think that's always a risk, but you know, at the same time, uh, this uh, I'm confident that this version is 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 different enough from what we've done uh, before. It really allows us to go back and examine some of the early choices that we made, that it, that still informed a number of the decisions in Catacombs 3E, and we don't necessarily uh, have those same constraints in Monster Pit, but at the same time, we kind of go full circle because the Catacomb Lords that you play in Monster Pit with the Dexterity game and also in the Town Defense game as well, they have those nice big player boards that uh, we used to use, right? In fact, I've got one right here. You can see this is, uh, you know, a first edition oh, player it. board. I love it. And you've got all your rules on it and all that sort of thing. And then in we, we kept that... Um, in Catacombs 3E, uh, but of course, a, a lot of that information translated onto cards for maximum reuse. But the, the Catacomb Lords in Monster Pit have their own dedicated player board, just like uh, first and second edition. And the, 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 the tracking board is separate. So you actually have like a pretty big dashboard when you're in front of you when you're playing as the overseer. And of course the heroes have their player boards as well, because they will have one player board on one side for the town defense game, if you like. And then um, you flip that over and they have their cards slots for, you know, for their heroes and upgrades and things of that nature for the dexterity game. Well, you just showed off some of the, the first edition Catacombs playmats, and that had that original, to me, iconic artwork. Like, what I love about it is it has this really gothic, semi-realistic presence, especially compared to what Catacombs is looking like these days, which, of course, having Quan Chai Moria do the, the, the artwork for third edition, that was a big part of the, the breakthrough into the mainstream with Catacombs, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I love how Catacombs looks. But that old art style, I, I feel like somehow that that's indicative to the, the original heart and intent and tone of catacombs and as you reflect on the last 10 years and kind of thinking about the future 10 years 
you know, do you see space for Elzara to kind of explore kind of different tones than what established catacombs, colorful, cartoony, fun, cutesy look represents right now? Well, actually, that's a great point because Monster Pit does attempt to go back to some of that dark gothic type style. Um, the our Kickstarter version of the box is very much this color theme of black and red, which harks back to the original box cover of first and second edition, which had a very black brick-like texture with this red ring and the catacombs logo. And that is you know, like a coming full circle um, on the, the Monster Pit box. And it, the tone of Monster Pit is, uh, it is, is definitely darker. Um, the, the characters are darker. The overall presentation is darker because I really want to convey that this adventure into the monster pit is not necessarily going to be easy for the heroes. Um, you know, this isn't your bright pastel dungeon crawl necessarily. It's, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going into this, uh, environment. Um, it's, uh, it's dark, it's cold. It probably doesn't <laughs> smell very good. You've got to you've got to deal with that, and you've got to try and emerge victorious um, from some of the toughest care against some of the toughest characters in the in the catacombs universe. Um, so there there is that uh, desire to have that black red gothic tone uh, reassert itself again, even right here in the present in Monster Pit. So if you're expecting um, you know the, the the sort of cotton candy trees or whatever. Third uh, edition, this this game will not necessarily have as much of that. It's definitely going to have a more serious, dark tone to it. But of course, rendered in that uh, you know lovely Quanchai Moria art style. One of the things that you mentioned earlier is that the dice portion of Monster Pit is going to be solo, which is is great to hear, or it can be played solo. Uh, and that was one of the things that really excited me about uh, Catacombs Cubes is that it makes for a really good solo game. Like, I, I love playing it multiplayer, but if you got it, play it solo. Like, it, it's got a pretty interesting solo mode in there. But a, as we're thinking about quarantine right now and the kind of explosion of interest in solo games, have you given a lot of thought to developing a catacombs dexterity game like true to third edition dexterity game that kind of cracks that nut of how do you make a solo dexterity joint well i think uh, part of that experiment will be informed by our work on fandom division okay of course yeah Fandom division you will be able to play it solo and once we've put that system into a market tested product, uh, it, you know, I've already discussed this with the designers. There's very much the potential to take elements of the Phantom Division system and bring it over to a Catacombs 3E solo implementation. So that's something that uh, I will be working on because I think it's important to have that solo story 
especially during these uh, times. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be excited about that. And it's a hard thing to address, but if you are able to, to create that system where it feels compelling to play, even if there's like static obstacles that you're fighting against, I, I think that it could be really something special. Now, with with Monster Pit, you know, I know that you've been kicking around some ideas for a long time for this project, and you're someone who takes a ton of feedback from users. Like, I see you addressing stuff all the time on BGG. I see you at conventions taking questions and, you know, consulting people uh, about what they think about various aspects of uh, the, the games that you already have out, what they'd like to see in the future. And I'm wondering, like, what, what is the story for Catacombs Monster Pit in its current incarnation? Like, is this something that was entirely developed in-house? How did this come about? It developed in-house in what sense? In terms of the mechanics or the story? Well, I, I'm thinking about, like, the, the mechanics of the game. The game design, is this something that... Uh, was originally born out of you as the designer of Catacombs 3rd Edition and many of your games since? Is this something where you reached out to someone else? Are the two halves of the game designed independently? Like, what's the evolution of this up until this point? Well, it has obviously gone through some evolutionary iterations, and there has been some design input from some other uh, actors as well, let's say. Um, but the, the, the holistic uh, result that we have, um, you know, was curated by myself, and I'm very uh, pleased with how it's, it's turned out, and I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, people enjoy getting it to the table. What is, like, the killer moment for you, like, the thing that's most satisfying in playing that? Because I know you're a gamer, I know you have a huge history of just, like, playing and observing different games you and i have talked about various uh games that you've really latched on to and also seen as like you know springboard points where you might even attempt to to iterate on in the the future but like when you were playing monster pit what's the moment where you're like yeah this is so damn cool that i'm doing this right now well i think it's uh you know really the opportunity to take uh, the the exploration of our catacombs world to a whole new location. Um, this is a new a new city, a new environment. Um, it's actually a walled citadel, uh, and then of course there's this um, cavernous environment below it, um, where all kinds of uh, nefarious and belligerent creatures are, um, you know, waiting to emerge. So just even. The, the simple elaboration of that story and seeing that theme come out in the, in the play mechanics is uh, ver very exciting because you do get the sense in the game that you are protecting the Citadel. Um, it's not a traditional tower defense game or anything like that, but you're, that you're first charged with protect the Citadel. And then um, you're into the, 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 the dexterity side. And, you know, to, to really feel like it, the, the game is building towards that, that crescendo of that, you know, the, the, let's go and finish this thing and, and, get it, uh, and, and get it done. 
That almost sounds like the story arc of the game development and the ultimate Kickstarter and, you know, resulting delivery of it, too. That crescendo there, which is actually something I wanted to ask you about. And maybe that's a, a good way to kind of end this is I, I've known you several years at this point. You know, we've met at conventions. I've witnessed kind of the, the evolution to some of your approaches for your Kickstarters. I've seen you lead several successful kickstarters and you know make sure that those products get delivered you're very customer focused but i know one thing that gets talked about a lot within the hobby is you know what are the these established companies utilizing kickstarter for like you know leave that for the the people who are you know, just dreaming of making a game. What is Elzra doing kickstarting this next game? Because surely at this point, you've had enough Kickstarters that you could totally fund this yourself, and this is just a pre-order service, right? You know, that that may be the perception of people. So, like, from your perspective, why, why should you still use crowdfunding as an established veteran company that has been making products for 10 years well i think there's a couple of answers to that um you know one is is that we may be a veteran company but we have a very very niche type of game dexterity games which we primarily publish at the moment are a niche and that's what we're trying to do with monster pit like what we did with cubes is diversify that audience if you're if you don't like dexterity games you would be able to buy the standard version of Monster Pit and enjoy the Citadel defense, the town defense element of the game and have some fun with it, and not even necessarily worry about the dexterity part if you really viscerally didn't even want to uh, get into that. And of course, that also implies that you can play and just back for that standard version just um, you know, as a solo player. And you're not playing, paying for the, all those extra elements. And so, but to answer your question uh, further about the the crowdfunding um, situation, this is not a pre-order. Uh, we do need your help to make this. Uh, this is an ambitious project because we would also like to reprint the second edition of Catacombs and Castles. Okay, so that is going to be available as part of this campaign. Okay. And it's always easier when you can push everything through at one time. At least we find it easier. So we're looking to uh, get um, Catacombs and Castles back into print and also, as a complementary product, reissue um, or, uh, you know, a, well, I shouldn't say reissue, but if we're going to issue monster pit too so it's uh it, it we really do need um people's help and support the retail market right now has been heavily impacted by the economic lockdowns and the global pandemic situation so retail stores are not necessarily able to operate according uh you know to maybe how they would like because they're subject to these public health regulations. And as a result, they may be less inclined to take a risk on product or inventory that may sit there. Okay. So, you know, if you think about it, if you're a retail store, it might just be easier 
sword or another few cartons of wingspan um, than bother with trying to research and stay on top of all the new product coming out in the hobby. Um, and the same goes for licensed games. It's just easier to bring in a licensed title um, that's maybe gotten some good press and sell that rather than trying to um, bring in and keep up with all the, the new product that's, that's being released. So the direct sales model is very important and Kickstarter is one of those channels. Like, of course, we have shop.elsewhere.com for uh, US and international customers. We have shop.elsewhere.ca for Canadian customers specifically. But Kickstarter does have that interactive platform and that place where we can set up our temporary catacomb, if you like, have the community there, host the community, and get their opinion about what they like, what they don't like. We, we, we can't make necessarily wholesale changes, but to your point earlier, I do listen to what people say. And if there's something, a good idea, for example, that emerges and we can implement it without uh, detrimentally affecting the, 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 the budget and the timelines and things of that nature, then I would look to do it. And certainly this time round with the stretch goals, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, some more feedback from our players because a lot of what was in our icebox expansion for Catacombs 3E came from the community. People submitted suggestions. I vetted and curated those suggestions. And where we could implement them, we did it. And I'm happy to say it was easily 50 to 60% of the stretch goals that we put out were community driven. And I'm planning to do the same thing here with Monster Pit. In fact, instead of it being the ice box, we're already planning for a black box, going back to that whole gothic theme again that we were talking about earlier. So I'm, I'm interested to see what suggestions people have to, to, as to what we can put in the black box. And that'll be the stretch goals box for Monster Pit. So I don't even know what's in it yet because I'm, I'm inviting our backers to tell us what they would like to see. And we will do our best to implement those suggestions that they have. And of course, we've got some broad ideas too that we can, we can of course, add some additional flavor to it, et cetera. We, have, we always have things that we can add to it. But um, I'm interested to see what people come up with. So that's the reason. So for us, even though we're established, we've been around the Kickstarter uh, block, Kickstarter always has new things to teach you. Um, we never take backers support for granted. We always know that people can always take their virtual pledge and go just two clicks away to somebody else's campaign. But we hope that you stick with us and there'll be a lot of options in this campaign to either um, you know, get what you may have missed, order what you've already missed, or upgrade during our custom Ellsworth Pledge Manager, adding on other things that may not be a, a focus of the campaign, but you will be able to buy them. So in Cubes, we didn't really do that. We didn't have a lot of um, extra material available in the Pledge Manager. But this one, we are planning to open it up. There'll be some different uh, things that, of course, you can that you can add in the in, in the in the Pledge Manager. So that's uh, uh, you know we're we're not we're, we're not Simon. We're just a couple of guys working hard, uh, trying to pay the grocery bills. Um, you know, and we we appreciate your support as we. Uh, keep moving forward and hopefully keep making games that uh, the community enjoys. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Everyone go out and check out Monster Pit. I'm going to have links in the video description and the podcast description in order to find the Kickstarter for that. We'll have all the dates and information. If you are watching or listening to this after the Kickstarter has already happened, then I'm sure there's a whole host of information uh, about possible late pledges or any way that you can kind of find out more information about what is kicking around at Elzer Games. Aaron, thanks again for coming on to the show. Yeah, thanks, Jack, and there will be late pledges. If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website, CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience-supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the Cardboard Herald.